Are you ready for season two? This week on The Breakup Breakdown. It's not one of those stories where like, oh, everyone loved him. They thought we were perfect together. And then he turned out to be crazy. No. He tells me that he needs a break, that he is driving across the country. Instead of picking up the phone and calling Taylor, I check my bank account. I see PayPal charges transferring funds to one of his friends. He like confesses that he needs a break. He has to get away thousands and thousands of miles away across the country, quite literally. And that's what kicks off our season premiere of season two of the breakup breakdown what's up it's abby thanks for tuning in to the long awaited season premiere i cannot wait for you to finally hear this our interviewee is telling us all about her ex that decided one day i'm just gonna take a bunch of stuff and go all the way across the country and she decides to go after him and it's epic if you have your own breakup story you want to tell or if you want me to look into a couple you've always been curious about or even a friendship breakup you can submit that there's a link in the episode description and as always we always love it when you leave us a positive review if you want to show us some love Welcome back to season two of the Breakup Breakdown. We are back for more episodes with more heartbreak, more tea, and more angry exes in my DMs. Yeah, I would say uh, the angry exes in the DMs. How are you holding up? Are you okay? Emotionally, I'm spiraling. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I've been itching to get back. I mean, the summer has been like, you know, fun going on travels and stuff. Mm-hmm. But really, we kind of had this second wind of, of audience members joining. So like when that happened, I was like, well, I, just, I can't wait to get back going. All new tea. Yes, but slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady brings you good quality audio and that's what we care about so i want to let you know about some of the changes that we're making for the next season we're actually going to be donating to a different domestic violence shelter bringing awareness to it and also just supporting different shelters throughout the country this week we're actually going to support a shelter in our own hometown well my hometown of jacksonville mm-hmm. but where we live where we broadcast where from we broadcast. so this week we're putting our monetary donations to an organization called the hubbard house the hubbard house is totally free to victims and their children everybody in the jacksonville area or anybody who wants to drive up to the Jacksonville area who is running away from a dangerous situation is welcome there and they do their best to provide services to them and their families. So just letting you know that if you feel compelled, if you feel called to donate to this organization, if you want to put your money or your time towards the Hubbard House, I've got a link in our episode description where you can support there. So on to the submission. And I'm very excited about this episode because this is coming from my mom, I guess. It's coming from me and my mom. Right. So to let you in on this story. So you know how you'll be at home and you'll just be gabbing with your mom? Oh, I gab away with my mom. I call my mom a hundred times a day. We gab. Especially here in the South. Like, you know everybody's business. Mm -hmm. And so my mom was talking to me about this girl that I sort of grew up with. I say grew up with as in like we grew up alongside each other, but we're never like she was older than me. We were never like friends. Right. She is really close with her mom. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, Abby, this girl is about to get engaged to this guy. My friend hates her. Or not hates her. Hates hates the boyfriend. Moms always have some tea that we don't. That we don't. It's like we strive to like be on social yeah. media and look for the tea. But like mom's got some story that mm-hmm. she heard through the grapevine in the grocery store. Well, because like, it's funny because I have like the visual part of the story because I right. follow this girl on social media. Yeah. And so, of course, I see her and this boyfriend like living life, going on dates and stuff. And so to me, everything looks fine. But according to my mom, everything is not fine yeah. because they're about to get engaged and they just think he's a scumbag. So fast forward, let's say like a week or two, like this all happened very quickly right. a couple of years ago. And my mom goes, Abby, you'll never guess what so-and-so and her mom are doing this weekend. And I was oh, like, boy. Um, going to brunch? And she said, no, they are flying across the country because the boyfriend took the dog and a bunch of stuff and money one day while she was at work, just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I'm like, well, do you know, what ha- do you know why? Do you know what's happening? She goes, I have no information. I just know that they're trying 
trying to get the dog back all the way on the other side of the country. And you're over here thinking, oh, I saw him on social media. Everything looks perfect. Exactly. Hence the premise of this podcast. You know, a week or two goes by and I'm having lunch with my mom and I go, Mom, what's up? <laughs> mom, did you, can I get a conclusion to the story? And she goes, oh yeah, they broke up and she's back in XYZ City. And I was like, that's it? That's all you have That's the end of the story? So of course it's not the end of the story because now I have this podcast and now I sort of have this unofficial license <laughs> to ask. It's like, oh boy, mom's got a new story. It's the end of the episode. I, I needed to know. Yeah, absolutely. Why did he leave? Why did he take off across the country? Mm-hmm. Why did he take the dog? Was there cheating involved? Right. You know, de- cheating's always our default. What happened? every story, unfortunately. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And this week, we're going to break down this week's breakup. I heard that you went through it with this guy you were dating for what, two years? Two years. Yeah. A little over two years. I've heard a couple of vague details, but you just corrected me on some. So please set the record straight on what happened with this guy. Let's start from the beginning. Where did you meet him? What were some of the things that were great about him that made you fall in love? And then tell me where it all went wrong. We met my senior year of college. We met at one of my favorite bars at a great university. We were both from the same hometown. So we like immediately clicked, had a lot in common, like knew some of the same people, just like a lot in common, super small world. I think he was just really easy to talk to, said all the right things. Which they always do, don't they? Oh, he was good at that. You're falling in love with this guy. You have so much in common and you're thinking like, wow, this could maybe be it. Yeah, I met him and I'm like, wow, he's amazing. Dang, so two years, nothing's wrong with this guy. You haven't noticed anything off. No, 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 no. There were definitely things wrong. (laughs) What were some some of the things that were popping up? It's not one of those stories where like, oh, everyone loved him. They thought we were perfect together. And then he like turned out to be crazy. No, like there were definitely red flags along the way that I chose to ignore my best friend from college were like, I don't know. Like he says he goes to this university that we go to, but like he says he's in classes with people and they like don't see him in class. We're not trying to to be assholes here, but like, I don't know, maybe something doesn't add up. You know, to me, like I haven't dated anyone in so long and we all know how guys in college can be, you know, not the most romantic. And he was like showing up at my doorstep with flowers after like an exam and, you know, just like going above and beyond. So to me, like he poops rainbows and butterflies and like I'm in blissful health. Kevin, you know, he said all the right things, but like his actions over time weren't exactly aligning with all the things he was saying. When you're graduating from college, people are like, what do you want to do for a career? Like, what are your aspirations? And it was just a lot of bullshit. There were definitely some signs over time that I think I was choosing to ignore. So he didn't go to the university that he claimed to. Is that what you're saying with this? Had it confirmed with one of his friends that no, he in fact never went to the university that we met at. When we had moved back to our hometown, we moved back to our hometown together. He was still finished school. He was picking up classes at home, finishing out, and then was going to get a job here where I still currently live. Came to find out that he was never enrolled at that school here at home either. I mean, I had dropped him off at this school personally. I don't know how you can be that creative. So you're dropping him at a university and he's like, what, walking to the other campus three, four miles away? There are still some things that I just like have zero explanation for. It's like how you could actually be that nuts. When did things really take a turn for the worst. I had a one-one apartment and he was staying over there a lot because his parents lived across town and he was staying there while he was quote unquote in school. Okay, naturally, like we should just live together. Like financially, it makes sense. He's telling me he's going to pay off the rent. I'm like, well, that's great for me. And I get to see him more. We had gotten a dog. Well, really, I got a dog because he didn't pay a damn dime for anything to do with the dog. So the dog was never in any capacity his. Let's just preface this whole situation. He was supposed to graduate that coming May. January is when shit hit the fan. And he tells myself, my family, his family, yeah, I got this great job. You know, basically they've hired me ahead of graduation. 
position. And it's basically like an internship that leads into a full-time role at this great finance company. I'm like finally getting to a place where like both can have a career. Everything's great. We'd even talked about engagement at this point. I'm thinking everything's great. And after he tells my family and we get home and all that, my parents approach me and they're like, he's full of shit. Like there's no way that he has this job. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you don't just make that up. Like, obviously he has this job. His parents know about it. He's asking his parents for like documents to like onboard at this job, birth certificates and whatever. I'm oblivious, right? I'm just so happy that he's finally going to be where I'm at in life. Everything's great. I worked from home prior to COVID. I worked from home for a long time. At this house, I had like an office. Like I was home fully all the time. So I never doubted that he had this job because we're sleeping in the same bed and he is getting up for work, getting fully dressed in full work attire, business attire, and leaving the house to go to this job. And I'm at home working and he's not there. So obviously where else would I think he is, right? There happened to be one week where I was doing an in-person training with my team. So I was not home. He offered that morning randomly, which he never offered to like do things, to take things off my plate. So I'm like, this is the sweetest gesture. He offers to take the dog to daycare since we're both not going to be home. And I'm like, that's so nice. You know, at the time we took the dog to a dog daycare where there are cameras, you can like see him play and check on him and all these things. I go to work, he quote unquote goes to work and the dog's at daycare. So I'm in the middle of like a conference room meeting, like a training. I go just to check on the dog on the the cameras and I don't see him anywhere. And I'm like, well, that's weird. So I call, I step out to call the dog daycare. I'm like, hey, just want to check on the dog. My significant other was supposed to drop him off this morning. They're like, he was never dropped off. And I was like, what do you mean he was never dropped off? I watched him leave the house this morning. So like he had to have been dropped off. Like, are you sure there's not some kind of mistake? Like, this is my name. This is the dog. And they're like, I mean, we know your significant other. Like he was not here today. Don't ask me why my first instinct was to check my bank account instead of call this person. Let's call him Taylor. Instead of picking up the phone and calling Taylor, I check my bank account. I look at my credit card and there are $10,000 of charges on my card. $10,000? $10,000. In one place? Like he spent it on one thing or like over the span of of a couple days and- You know, it would be way too easy if it were all in one place. Let's be greedy and just spend it all over town and across the country if we're going to rack it up like that. No, it was consisted of various charges like $3,000 at Best Buy. What are you buying at Best Buy? What do you need at Best Buy? Let's be honest. Fans wanted an iPad or three. Buys all this stuff and immediately I'm like, I've been hacked. I report fraudulent charges and then I see PayPal charges transferring funds to one of his friends. Various charges in various increments of thousands of dollars. And I immediately know that he's transferring the funds to his friends to then be able to liquidate those funds to use as cash. I then had to make sure I wasn't going to jail for reporting $10,000 in credit card fraud that in fact was not credit card fraud because my dumbass put him as an authorized user on the card. I then finally pick up the phone and call him. No answer, no answer, no answer. Finally get a hold of him. Basically, long story short, he tells me that he needs a break, that he is driving across the country. So he is driving across the country after charging $10,000 to your account to buy who knows what, transferring Mm -hmm. money that is yours to his friends. And you're just like, what the hell? Don't forget the dog's in the car. It's in the car, everyone. I tell my boss, I'm in hysterics. I'm like, I have to leave. My life is in shambles, basically. Was very close with that boss at the time. So I told him what happened. And he was like, you need to leave right now. You need to go home and you need to make, make sure that your stuff is still there. So I go home, the car is gone, which, I had co-signed on, also 22 and stupid. I am legally liable.
liable for this vehicle that is no longer here. The dog is gone. All the dog's belongings are gone. All of his clothes are out of the closet. A TV is missing because why wouldn't you just take a TV on top of it? Yeah, essentially any trace of him ever being there was gone. And then that's when I got a hold of him. He like confesses that he needs a break. He has to get away. He's just going to stay with a friend for a while. Thousands and thousands of miles away across the country, quite literally. He was really, really getting out of town. He really needed that break. Really needed that break. So in your mind, are you like, well, I'm about to go on a cross country road trip to snag this guy? Or what are you thinking at this point? Oh yeah, I'm a psycho. You don't get to wrong me like that, first (laughs) of all. And second of all, more importantly than anything, you do not take my dog. The dog is an innocent party in whatever psychotic break you're having. You don't even have enough money to purchase anything for yourself, let alone a dog. So like, what's your plan here? Like, what's your play with the dog? To be honest, like, I'm just immediately like, all right, what's the plan to get the dog back? I have to get my parents together, tell them all what has just happened. They had no idea that I'd co-signed on a vehicle and credit card with this person. Had to share that fun detail, which I will never hear the end of until the (laughs) day I die. Literally word vomiting to my parents about all the mistakes I've made in one hysterical conversation. And I'm like, you guys have to help. We have to get the dog back. They're like, okay, well, how about the car that you're also liable? And I'm like, I don't care about the car. I don't care about the 10 grand. I want the dog. I start calling his friends, like trying to figure out if they know anything. Come to find out he was stopping along the way at a friend's house. And I was like trying to convince my parents to get in the car right then, go there and ambush and get the dog and go home. And they're like, no, like there's a lot of reasons we can't do that. Like we need to sit on this for a little bit. About two or three weeks go by. Basically, I devised this whole Bonnie and Clyde scheme with my family to get the car and the dog back. Basically, I'm in conversation with him, right? Like over the course of time, telling him that I love him, that obviously something's wrong with him and that he's like, you know, going through something crazy. We're going to get through it together. I love you. I convince him that I'm going to fly out to this destination. We're going to work it out and I'm going to stand by his side like I have. We're going to drive back together and go from there and figure it all out. And what was actually happening is that my aunt, who is very close to me and my uncle, who happened to be a private investigator were devising a plan on how they were also going to fly out there. We were going to basically get the dog and the car back. So you're hopping on this plane. Everything's okay. He's okay with you coming. He has no idea. Absolutely not. I went in full psycho mode. Like if you're going to be a psycho to me, like I'm going to one up you and like be a way bigger psycho. Had to make sure he learned his lesson. There are like all kinds of things that I didn't think about that thank God a private investigator was involved, like doing it on someone's private property having the cops come. There are ways that basically he could have still claimed the dog because of those different factors and things like that. So the plan was get to a public place sit outside to eat. By the way, it's now early February in a very cold state with mountains. So like that was a whole nother factor. It was very hard to convince him to sit outside and not be very suspicious. First rule of thumb, like if you're going to steal a vehicle, like don't leave the spare keys at home. And that's like what prompted this entire mission. I get there. Here's my arrival time. Taylor is picking me up. I make sure he picks me up with the dog. I'm like, I miss the dog so much. Please bring him with you, whatever. And then from there, I kind of just have to wait 
make it. Like there's no real plan other than get to a place where my aunt can get to the vehicle with the spare key and get away. And then I can jump in the rental car with the dog, with my uncle in some capacity. He picks me up. I have to kiss him. It's actually sickening. Like I, I actually have to go like, yeah, I deserve an Oscar for my performance because I had, I jumped in his arms. I'm like, I'm so in love with you. I'm so happy to see you. The bachelor um, style wraparound. Oh yeah. Like straight up bachelor style, baby. Ready mm-hmm. to steal it all back. Meanwhile, I'm trying not to throw up on him. We get in the car. We go to his friend's house. By the way, the one that he had sent the money to that I know is involved in this whole thing. And that's where he's been staying. We get there and like, he won't leave. I'm like, Hey Taylor, like we're going to go out to dinner later. I really need to go to the mall. Like I really need to go get an outfit. I didn't bring anything really nice. Why don't I just take the car? I'll take the dog. We'll go and I'll be back. And he like, won't let me out of his sight. Like, I don't think he fully trusts me that I'm like there on good intentions. So that plan fails. And then I'm like, all right, I'm starving. Like, let's go get food. He's like, okay. And I'm like, I want to bring the dog. I miss the dog. The dog is coming. He's like, fine. So we get in the car. And meanwhile, I'm getting in the car and down the street, I see my aunt and uncle parked there. And I very much know that they're there, like doing surveillance, following us and like trying not to look at them. It's a whole ordeal. We get in the car and I'm looking up restaurants with outdoor seating, praying to God that I find something that is going to be workable. We pull up to this first place and I kid you not, the patio is like five feet from the parking lot. So that's like never going to work. Like, how am I going to convince him to go inside at some point so that all this can happen without him seeing? So we get there and I'm like, oh, the menu doesn't look that good, actually. Like, let's go somewhere else. We pull up to this place and it's absolutely perfect. We pull up and there's a massive parking lot. Then you have to like walk up this huge flight of stairs. There's a huge balcony and a huge indoor area. So I'm like, this is it. It's going down. So we sit, we bring the dog, we sit outside. I make sure that I'm facing the parking lot and he is facing the restaurant. I kid you not, within like five minutes, I see my aunt jump out of the rental car, sprint faster than I've ever seen this woman move in her life to get in the car. And I just see the car drive away. And I'm like, all right, it's a go. Plan is a go. The car is in motion. Now what do I do? Here we go. I'm just watching it drive away. And then I'm like, okay, how do I get him to go inside to go to the bathroom or whatever? Because the rental car with my uncle is now sitting down there ready for us to like run down and jump into. I We have the most attentive waitress I've ever had in my entire life at the worst time. Like I think she checked on us like 15 times. It starts to like time goes on, time goes on. We get the food. Like I cannot get him away from me. And I look over and I just see my uncle like sketchily on the stairs. Taylor has no idea what my uncle looks like. So he has no idea that I know this person. At this point, I'm like, is my uncle going to like storm and like take us and run? I don't know what to do. Finally, I convince him to go inside and take the check. I try to be as casual as possible and like get up. My uncle does not make eye contact with me in true undercover cop fashion. He's like, don't look at me. Just keep walking. He doesn't know that you know me. We're going to be casual about this. We're just going to walk and get in the car. So sure enough, again, it was the perfect setting, but it was so far. It felt like I was walking a mile to get in this vehicle. And I'm like waiting for him to run after us and like stop this whole thing. I jump in the car and not 10 seconds later, he is running after the vehicle. He is in the middle of the street looking around. It like finally registers in his dumbass brain that like the car is gone. The girl is gone. The dog is gone. And then he like looks at the car peeling off and he's like, obviously that's probably them. We're like in the getaway vehicle and everything from there is like kind of a blur to be honest. Long story short, we like did a quick exchange of vehicles. Like I jump in the ve- the stolen vehicle with the dog and my aunt. We drive off and start heading home immediately because we don't want to like give him a chance to catch up to us. Honestly, when someone lies to you this extensively and like goes to these lengths, you feel like you don't even 
even know the person. Like I honestly like didn't know what he was capable of. And I was like kind of afraid of him, even though I dated this person and slept in the same bed as him. I don't know what he's capable of. So he starts blowing my phone up and I finally answer. And he's like, there are drugs on the vehicle. I have called the cops. I've given them the plates. I have told them that you stole the vehicle and they're going to find you. So now he's using the drugs that he is selling to try and get that dog back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to take a sip of wine after that. He is truly more psychotic than I can comprehend. At first, he's like, I love you. What's going on? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm leaving you. I have everything that I need. Keep the 10 grand. I don't really give a shit. Just get out of my life. I'm gone. At first, it was like, he's begging me to come back, all these things. And then he turns the switch and he's like, the cops are coming for you. Granted, we we were in a state where cannabis is legal. So I wasn't as worried about that. But then I opened the center console and I opened the glove compartment and there were certainly illegal drugs of a white substance in large quantities in the vehicle. Some homeless man probably had the freaking day of his life. Like I probably made his <laughs> day when he found all that shit in the trash can at a gas station. Oh, so you dumped it at like a 7-Eleven or something? I literally just blacked out and I'm like, it's gotta go. All of it went in the trash can. If this was like a quirky road trip movie, there would be a scene where you and her stop at a gas station and just smoke a share of blunt together. Honestly, looking back, I have regrets that I did not <laughs> do that because once again, he was just full of absolute shit and there were probably no cops even after it. Think about it. Like, why would you call the cops? Like, your name's also on the vehicle. You're going to be liable for whatever they find in some capacity. Were cops legitimately after you? Did you ever get pulled over? We never got pulled over. I was also probably going 95 on the highway. I was so afraid of getting caught. I was about to say myself in another position to be caught. Okay. So now you've gone from just thinking you're getting your dog back to legitimately being like the drug cartel for about 10 minutes. And now you're on this trip back home. What was that like? Like, is he still blowing up your phone? Where are you at at that point? Yeah, the whole way home, he is just blowing me up at one point, probably an hour into the drive. He starts threatening me that he is going to go into our home. Previously, our home together that we were renting. He was, I, I also have two cats because, you know, naturally I'm a crazy cat lady that he was going to take the cat, that he was going to basically like take everything in the home. Like he's just kidnapped the dog. And now he's threatening while I'm across the country to go take the cats. He's like, I'm having a friend go over there right now. Like there's a spare key until you give me back what's mine. I'm taking the cats, which is like someone called the freaking ASPCA. Like this man is nuts. Threatening animals. Once again, PETA um, is in my DMs as we speak. They're listening. They're like, we got to help these cats. I'm in panic, obviously. I call my dad and my other uncle um, who is married to the aunt who is with me. They go buy new locks. They change all the locks on my house so that he can't get in. They put like a camera outside so that if he tries to like break in, that we have like evidence. It's like a whole series of events. But after like that, I just cut off all communication with him. I'm very much an Aries. And like, if you wrong me, like you're actually dead to me. And that man is 1000% dead in my mind. Well, if I were you, I would have gotten a restraining order against him. I did speak to an officer about that because after I got home, so now I'm home, I have the dog, I have the car. Thankfully, also fun fact for all the kids out there, if you co-sign on a car, make sure it's an or, not an and when you sign together. If it's an or, you can sell the car without the other party's consent. So thankfully, the only smart thing I accidentally did in this whole damn situation was sign the friggin' car title the right way. So I was able to sell the car. I'm serious. You're 
you're about to save somebody with that information. That is a fact. Like if you learn anything from this, first of all, just don't join finances until you're married, maybe. Um, But if you do, do it the right way. I get home all of a sudden, somehow start like getting phone calls from like these strange people who are looking for my now ex-boyfriend. I came to find out that he was involved in selling drugs back here at home. And there were several people who knew my address and knew where I live and that he owed a lot of money to who were literally coming to my home trying to collect the funds that were owed to them. So that's when the restraining order came into play. Wait, where do you even go from there? Because if they're knocking on your door, it's like, well, you're not responsible for this money. Right. But they were very scary, large humans that I did not want to confront. So basically, long story short, I ended up moving within like 10 days and moving with my best friend from home who would come to live with me in this, you know, time of my life. Right. So I didn't have to like be alone. Now I'm putting her freaking life in jeopardy possibly. So both sets of our parents help us pack up this house and like up and move to an undisclosed location so that I can no longer be stopped essentially. That's also expensive too, to have to get out of a lease. So now you have $10,000 and you're Mm -hmm. paying X amount of money to get out of this lease and then sign to get into another apartment. I would be enraged at this man. Yeah. There really aren't words to describe the level of hatred I have for this individual. It's off the spectrum. Honestly, I will say like in the, the moment of when it was all happening, it was more of just like get through it, right? Like I was just grateful to have the dog. I at least to get the money back for the car. To be honest, very grateful to be able to say this. The $10,000 he very strategically stole. I'd gotten a $10,000 bonus in addition to my salary. He took me out to celebrate and then knew that those extra funds were there. So I guess in his own kind way, he knew he wasn't putting me in debt, right? And only taking my bonus. I mean, did you ever hear from him after that? No. So, um, and I actually would never have left him with that parting gift if it wouldn't have cost me more money to get it back. Cause I did speak to an attorney about getting these funds back and, and everything. And they were like, honestly, by the time you go to small claims court, it's going to cost you more to get it back or half of what it is to get back. But like, do you really want to engage with this person that much and have to see them in person and all of those things like to get this money back if you're in a financially stable position otherwise? And I was like, you know what? You're right. He's dead to me. So let's just be grateful for what we have and move on with our lives. So now you're living in a new apartment with a friend. I mean, mm-hmm. walking around your city, like were you terrified that someone was just going to like clock you out of nowhere? I'm like still terrified. I'm actually still to this day. I look around in bars or like common social places for people my age, because I know last I heard he still lives here. His most recent girlfriend actually reached out to me about two years ago, basically asking me if Taylor had ever done things that made me suspicious of his character because she had just moved in with him. So let me tell you that what is that show that they came out with? John, do you know what I'm talking about? Where he uh, like- Oh, Dirty John. Dirty, dirty John. Dirty John. This person is a serial Dirty John repeater. He had just moved in with this person that he was dating and she reached out to me in social media and was like, hey, I know who you are. I'm sure you can tell who I am. You don't have to answer me if you don't want to. but I'm asking you this like woman to woman. I've noticed some inconsistencies with the things that Taylor says to me. I've obviously heard stories about you and your situation. And now I'm starting to think that there's very much another side to that story that I'm not aware of. If you're willing to talk to me, like I'm just looking for help. Pose before bros, like I responded. I basically was like, run, don't walk. Like get the fuck out. This person is psychotic. And when I told her what had happened, she had gotten a very different version of the story 
and was told that I was psycho, that I went out there and ambushed him, which is all factual, but the reason why that I like attacked him. He had come up with this whole story. So yeah, he's still out there on the prowl, ladies. Talk to me about dating now, because if somebody did that to me, like I think I would never date a man again. Like I think I would just join a convent and swear off men forever. I have actually since then been in one long-term three-year relationship, recently dated someone that could probably be an episode two to this because I don't learn my lessons the first time, apparently. Dated him for almost a year. Yeah, I will say like it certainly makes you skeptical of people being who they portray themselves to be, right? This person was getting fully dressed and going, walking out the door and going to a job that he never had. I was giving him money for books to be supportive and helpful when times were tough or whatever. I let him use my laptop from college for school. He sold the laptop for money for drugs and he was never even going to school. So God only knows what this book money was going to. Like, I feel bad for the people that I date because I'm very, very skeptical of people. And I'm someone who like really likes to give 150% into anything that I do, including relationships. Yeah, it makes it a little bit tough, I would say. He's not going to win though. Like I will end up happy one day. Oh, absolutely. Might just live my best single life, hot girl summer all the time. I don't know. I don't doubt it. You will find somebody. Do you look back on your relationship and is, is there a moment where if you could leave, you would tell yourself to leave? Like every minute of it? I mean, was there maybe something that happened where you're like, like if I could go back, that would have been a good time to get out knowing what would happen. My very best friend in the entire world told me that if we got married, she would not be in my wedding, let alone come to the wedding. Like that's how much she despised this person. Just because she didn't trust him or was he just like an asshole? Both. We went on like a New Year's trip and she went and he was literally high as a kite the entire time, like on God only knows what. I'm like so innocent. Like that that was like not my thing. And so I was just oblivious. I'm pretty sure he was taking like bars of Xanax. And so he was just in his own universe, whatever. So he was just super disengaged with like all of my friends and just like some of the comments he would make. And again, like just making all these promises that he like never kept. And your best friend's job is to look out for you. And that's what she was doing and she could just see through his bullshit because she wasn't in love with him or thought she was. That was like a year before it happened. That was like January, that New Year's before everything hit the fan. First of all, props to your best friend for being bold enough to say that. It took her a year to like finally say something and then she was like, I'm going to say my piece, but I love you and I support you. So like, I don't want to lose you as a friend, but like, I truly don't support this to the extent that I will not attend your wedding. We had talked about engagement. I tried on wedding rings with this person, which makes me actually physically ill to think about now. He put down a deposit on a ring and was like sending pictures to my friends. And I came to find out after the fact that he had put the deposit on the ring down on our joint credit card that he then didn't pay off. Cheers. Which of course, every girl dreams of paying for their own engagement ring. You know, that's what you wait on your whole life for. It's it's just a dream come true. Now, when you're going out with guys, you vaguely mentioned that this somewhat happened again a second time, but how do you suss this out? It's hard when someone's pretending to be something they're not. Like, how do you suss that out? I have friends who are attorneys and do background checks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I have done that one time. I will say I've done it one time because I was so scared. Wait, why? Just because I'm afraid. I'm like so afraid that someone that seems phenomenal is like actually going to turn out to be a freaking psycho. Like, that, I mean, was that with a boy? 
boyfriend or with someone you just like went out with? It was with someone that I went out with. We did not end up dating. Is it because of the background check? No, it wasn't from the background check. Background check was clean. This person was fine. It just didn't click. Now, I feel like honestly, since dating Taylor, my three-year relationship was with somebody who I actually knew through like a best friend coincidentally. So definitely had like the entire background history of this person to like advocate, you know, on their behalf. And the most recent one, that one was a fluke and he turned out to be, he even like deceived my family. So I'm personally very (laughs) curious about that. That one's a whole different, different situation. But as far as like dating goes, just very cautious. It's very slow process. Yeah. You got to God help you. Anyone that ends up with me. Um, I swear I'm great. Were there things that you were attracted to about him that you maybe have to sort of rewire your mind to not be attracted to? Like sometimes like the bad boy or yeah. like guy who keeps you on that emotional roller coaster is attractive, right? Yeah, because I'm a female and we're neurotic. And like, why do we like that? I don't know. Because uh, it's my toxic trait, maybe. No, I think to be honest, I started dating him seven years ago, right? So I was young and just like naive. And like, I was very susceptible to seeing people on social media have this like perfect portrayal of like what you grow up in the South and like you go to college, you meet a boy, you get married, you have babies, the end. I think I just wanted that so badly that I was ignoring a lot of things that like my gut was telling me. So I've certainly learned that. The biggest thing, if I like actually think there's potential with someone is they have to immediately meet my friends. My family's like a lot to handle, but they also have to meet them too. Because after that event, I've told everyone I know, like you're going to meet anyone that comes into my life and you're going to be very honest with me on day one. I don't care if I look like I'm the happiest I've ever been. If you have an inkling of a doubt about this person, like I need to know day one. I just think your friends and your family like know you better than anyone. So that's one of the first things that I do, which I feel like most people wait, right? They like don't want to introduce that too early. I'm like, take it or leave it. Like this is what it is. And like, you're going to meet my family and my friends. And if you can't handle that, like you got to go. No, I think it's so important. And it's almost more fun that way. Like I always advocate for something I call a vibe check where you sort of meet somebody in your natural habitat when you're surrounded by your friends. So if it feels Mm -hmm. natural, then it's kind of like a green flag. So yeah, moral of the story, bring in people to your relationship. Yeah. The last one though, he bamboozled them all. So now I just feel like I'm shit out of luck. I don't know. Now I'm like, my, my like theory isn't working. I even met this other person's friends and family so I could scope them out. Cause I was like, okay, with Taylor, I never really liked his friends. Like that was a red flag that I ignored. Right. Just different vibes, like different lifestyles, never really clicked with his friends. This most recent one, like loved them. They were phenomenal. Parents were phenomenal. I was like, wow, like this is really the one. And no, we're going to have to have you on a second time. If you could leave my audience with anything, words of advice, Mm -hmm. a mic drop moment, what would you say to them after the story? I would say just trust your gut. Like, you know, when you see red flags, just listen to them and listen to other people. Don't let anybody do you wrong. And if they do, you better one up them and get them back. Next week on the breakup breakdown. Everything happened very quickly with this person. Everything was great. Great to me. It was great with my friends. I got a really sketchy DM. It included all of these like pictures. I should have 1000% walked away and I didn't. This is where it gets inappropriate. The fact that I even gave him a chance after this makes me sick. Hey girly, I think a lot of you are going to be able to relate to this episode next week because this is by far the most common submission I get in my DMs in the submission form. So before we air next week's episode on August 9th, I want to hear from you. Slide into the Breakup Breakdown Podcast DMs on Instagram at Breakup Breakdown Podcast or if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can scroll down to the Q&A section and enter your story.
story there. If you ever learned about some sus behavior from somebody you were dating in your DMs or even your text messages or whatever, let me know and I'm going to be sharing some of my favorite stories on next week's Thursday episode. I'll see you then.